0: Welcome back to System via the podcast where we have such a fucked up schedule this is Brent Marco Polo uh, I am fucking Polo Okay so number 1 like July and June have just been super weird months for us right because of all the scheduling conflicts a little nuts a little nuts and it's thrown my game on my game off like entirely like I last month was weird this month is weird anyways to further complicate things when we scheduled it for two eastern and now it's almost three right around like 209 i was like i woke up because i had a late night because i always do and then i was like crap we're recording so i quick hop into irc and then i try and connect to mumble and then i couldn't connect to mumble i was like oh no what's going on so then i asked the guys i was like hey are you guys having issues with mumble and then i read the scroll back and they're having issues too And I was like, well, that's weird. What's going on? So that I look a little bit into it, and then I discover that our DNS is down. Our registration is down because I neglected to update the billing information at the registrar. Whoops. So in honor of that, we're going to be talking about DNS today. (laughs) Yeah. Is anyone drinking
1: anything? Yeah. I doubt it. You are? Fuck yeah. Okay, let me tell you real quick. I have been behind on sleep for fucking ever. Yeah. So last night I got home like one o'clock in the morning. I went to sleep and I slept until right before we recorded. And the first thing I did was walked out to my refrigerator, got a Miller Lite, and opened it. You are you are in it for the fans. I'm
0: in it for the fans. You are. I'm proud of you. I'm drinking water because it is just about three o'clock on a Sunday evening, and I just woke up. So (laughs) I don't. I I am not in it for the fans enough as Jathan is. I don't have that kind of dedication.
2: I have a diet soda. I'll probably drink heavily when the... Never mind. I won't say that part. <laughs> <laughs> we have a visitor coming. It's okay. not Jimmy Stewart that I'm referring to either.
0: Okay, I see. Anyways, so as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about DNS. Just It's some, never some... DNS.
2: It's... Except when it is.
0: It, right, right, exactly. There's a trope that, you know, the system always says, like, oh, it's never DNS, and then frequently it turns out to actually be DNS. I'm flat out saying up front, it was DNS this time. I'm not even going to try and pretend it wasn't
2: but not really dns it was more like oops dns like we and, made a mistake dns and that's <laughs>
0: and that's not like normal like usually dns <laughs> failures are caused by sale. the <laughs> <laughs> by the oops oops <laughs> anyway i so we J-Thon has time constraints so i'm not going to say it but we do don't need think to move briskly don't even think it not just, thinking just it but it we, your brain. we do even, need to move briskly know. i will say so Payden, take us into the news
2: All right, well, this is great. We have some great news here today. Um, Lots of news, all the news. I'm also joined by my almost two-year-old, Daddy at home with his boys, has gotta sometimes bite the bullet and record while his son is cooing in the background. All right, so the first thing we're gonna talk about is that there are Android and iOS apps that were leaking sensitive data being a misconfigured Firebase backend. Now, Firebase is, of course, a backend as a service from Google It allows mobile developers to use it to create mobile apps. It has all sorts of really cool things like cloud messaging and push notifications, database, analytics, advertising, etc. So this company called App Authority scanned over 2.7 million mobile apps. This was around January 2018 they started doing this. Uh They discovered 25,802 mobile apps, of which 27,227 Android, were connected and stored data inside Firebase backends. I'm not including the iOS numbers because you can kind of sort of figure out what those are, and also they're much smaller than the Android ones. Right. Of those 28,502, 3,046 apps, of which were 2,446 Android, saved their data inside 2,271 misconfigured Firebase databases without anyone to view their content. So this was roughly 100 million records of user data. Linked information was around 113 gigs. Jeez. Which included 2.6 million plain text passwords and users' IDs.
0: Oh my God. 1
2: million plus PHI, which is the protected health information that Jathon gets so happy about. 25 million GPS location records. And 4.5 million social media data store user tokens, which the, are the tokens that you can use to like have Facebook log you into stuff, I believe. Yeah. yeah that's... They did notify Google prior to publishing a report, but this is not a. Google doesn't control how you store your data on the Firebase, so to speak. So they can. So you're telling it.
0: me, developers uh-huh. store information
2: in an insecure manner. I have never shocked. happened. I am. I'm shocked. Shocked. shocked and amazed. Shocked and amazed. All right. So the next thing we have is, hey, uh, that net neutrality is great, isn't it? Don't you yep. just love it when the United States throttles your internet because you're, they're, uh, the president's rivals on TV? Oh, wait, that's not the United States. That's Kazakhstan. So the current government of Kazakhstan is throttling the internet when rivals to the government are online. Hmm. So this started in March. There was a court in the capital of Kazakhstan called Astana. Astana, I'm not sure how to say that. They declared that this organization called the Democratic Choice of Kazakhstan was an extremist organization. The initials are DVK, which are Russian, are using an online presence to spread information, as people do. Mm -hmm. Since they have criminalized the sharing of DVK's publicity materials, they've determined that they need to throttle them when they're online. So it's so bad that an IT system operator posted a question to the information ministry asking why websites are performing so dismally. The information ministry did send requests to social media sites asking that the materials be taken down. Russian... Backed sites did, but places like YouTube, etc., where one-third of this information is, declined mm-hmm. to do so. Throttling is affecting ISPs in Kazakhstan, where users are claiming that they are providing a bad service. So, this is not only screwing over your country, but it's also screwing over your citizens. Good job, guys. Nice. Yeah, very nice. The next thing we have is that ESET and this uh, article, the guy who wrote the article, discovered a PDF sample that was uploaded to Total well, I, actually, the ESET malware researcher found it, but he also worked with the author, also worked with him as well. too. Mm-hmm. It's a potential exploit for unknown Windows kernel v- vulnerability. Cool. So I have two CVEs here CVE 2018 4990, which affects Adobe Acrobat and Reader, and then CVE 2018 8120, which is a Win32K elevation of privilege vulnerability. Now, the first exploit attacks the j- Adobe JavaScript engine to run show code. In the context of that module, the second one does not affect platforms like Windows 10. However, it does allow shellcode to escape the Adobe Reader Sandbox and run with elevated privileges within when kernel memory. Now, remind me, that's bad, right? Yeah, right, yes. <laughs> that's, that's very bad. The PDF sample was uploaded to VirusTotal, but as of the article, there have been no observed actual attacks. Now, that could change... But, you know, we'll see. They have a nice little diagram of how the process works. It's pretty neat. It takes several stages. First, the JavaScript lays out the heap spray memory. Then a malicious JPEG 2000 stream triggers an out-of-bounds access operation. It's actually uh, pretty neat. Again, they haven't seen anything actually in production or, or, you know, an an active actual attack. So
0: Mm.
2: it basically, uh, you know, don't use Adobe Acrobat Reader.
0: Right, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, PDFs are bad, which, you know, in and of itself, we've known for a bit. Right, yes.
2: PDFs suck. They're better than printers, though. That's true. Also,
0: I'd argue, better than Microsoft Word documents. That's that's true. I think recent yeah, Office yeah. versions have disabled macros, though. I'm not sure. I think by default, you can they still are... turn them on. Yeah, they, yeah they, are
2: they are disabled by default. But, uh, uh, but say still... hello to my son in the background. Hello, Oakley. <laughs> so this next article is actually... A user report and that a veteran by the name of David Stevenson was going to go to a wedding and he found out that someone had logged into his eBenefits account and changed his direct deposit now I have an eBenefits account and so this is a big deal for me especially now the problem with this is that there's no two-factor authentication on it and he just got a letter around June 19th when this was changed, asking to confirm that this was okay. If there's a problem, to call in. Mm. Now, it said it was going to take them two to three weeks to get his money back. Mm. Obviously, you know, you've got bills to pay, etc. They are not. The VA has not reported about this. They've not indicated this been a, this has been a problem. I am not sure if this is VA related or user related. I, I'm hesitant to say either. You know, either one, so to speak. Mm. But you know, this guy lost his money because somebody that wasn't doing something right. I hope he apparently. at least made it to the wedding. I hope so too. I hope so too. Yeah. But the big thing on this is that the VA has not reported that there's been an issue.
0: Yeah. So Well that makes me think it's user related, I
2: think. It's distinctly possible then again. I mean, it is a government agency that has failed their users quite often in very ways.
0: Does anyone so. know I feel like OS Rider would, but he's not around. Does anyone know if it's a requirement for the government to report breaches? <sighs>
1: Uh, user, probably for not face, for like citizens for, for facing stuff. Those yeah. dickheads don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: All right, let's let's move let's move on to All the right. next the next news item.
2: <laughs> so there's roughly 300 plus million people in the United States, right? Well, so this Something place million. called Exactus had leaked 340 million personal records. Uh, they are a Florida-based marketing firm. Oh, the data gosh. was left on a server without any sort of protection and was Lovely. exposed to the public. Yes. The founder of the leak is a Nightline security founder, Vinny Troya. He discovered the data and contacted the FBI and Exactus. The exposed data includes phone numbers, emails, home address, and personal characteristics, including habits, interests, and number, gender, and age of children in the home and whether they smoke and they have pets or in their or religion. Vinny Troya used Shodan to look for all elastic Search databases that were publicly available and with American IPs. Mm-hmm. The database is roughly two terabytes. Oh my god! Fuck, dude! What the hell? The article asks why Exactus is home to such sensitive personal data. Like seriously, why? Why? Yeah. Why is this random fucking fuckhole company have this?
0: You know? And as much as the implementation problems I have with GDPR, I mean, at least that <sighs> it attempts to address shit yeah. like that. You know?
2: Sure. Sure. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, in a turn of reporting about terrible, bad things, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. They have ruled the Fourth Amendment applies to cell phone tracking. This means that you need a warrant to track someone's cell phone. This is a 5-4 to four ruling, and it says that the, the Fourth Amendment protects cell phone location information. Good. The release from the head justice there... Uh, the cell phone location information creates a detailed chronicle of a person's physical presence compiled every day, every moment, over years. So this is good. This is a big deal. The EFF was involved in this. The argument was based on something called the Third Party Doctrine, which was developed by the Supreme Court in two main cases from the 1970s in involving records of phone calls and bank transactions. Obviously, cell phone uses has exploded in the last 30 years. So yeah. So this is a good deal. This is big. This is uh, very, very big. It's you. So, yeah, Edge. So, Brent, what would you do for a domain? What lengths would you go to for a domain? Okay,
1: to be fair, Brent seems to have problems with domains.
0: All right, listen, well, (laughs) you need to calm down. All right. If you don't
2: forget to register it, what would you do to register a domain? How far would you go?
0: Well, I mean, thankfully it's in the grace period, but I certainly wouldn't try to steal someone's domain.
2: So you wouldn't go into a gentleman's home with pantyhose, a hat, and sunglasses on your face, go upstairs to their room, tase this guy, shoot him, and then get shot yourself? You wouldn't do those things? I
0: can safely say I have no (laughs) intentions or plans of doing any of those things, either singularly or as part of a grander scheme, especially for acquiring a domain,
2: yes. So a 43-year-old Sherman Hopkins Jr. from Cedar Rapids, Iowa... Went into Ethan Deo's home in Cedar Rapids. Yes. He is a former GoDaddy engineer and the owner of DoItForState.com. Hopkins went into his home wearing the aforementioned uh, hat, penny hose, and dark glass, sunglasses. Yeah. He went upstairs. Uh, I'm sorry. Dayo was upstairs and heard Hopkins enter. From the top of the staircase, Dayo saw Hopkins. Hopkins shouted at the victim, who then ran into a bedroom. He shut the door. Hopkins kicked the door open. He grabbed him by the arm, demanded to know where he kept his computer, He kept him he told him he kept it in his home office, so he moved him to the office. He told him to turn on his computer and connect to the internet, so he had to do dial up, you know. Hey, VPN noise, Jayton. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right on cue. Love so it. he
2: had written down directions on a piece of paper on how to change an internet domain name from one GoDaddy account to another. Yeah. He then put his firearm against the, the guy's head in order to follow directions. He threw his cell phone out of the way. Deo asked Hopkins for an email address and telephone number for the domains new ownership. And he, <sighs> Hopkins, pistol whipped the guy. <laughs> and then tased him. <laughs> Everything about this is just so fucking this is, stupid. This is so dumb. They... So Dayo so so then realized that after being tased several times and being pistol whipped that he was going to be probably shot. And so yeah. he turned his body, grabbed the gun, moved it from him. Hopkins shot Dayo, and then Dayo was able to grab the gun and shoot Hopkins several times in the chest, who then contacted law enforcement. Yeah! Get fucked, nerd! He received a 20-year sentence to prison. So, before sentencing... Hold on, this is funny. Before uh sentencing, Hopkins' wife and mother of two children argued that Hopkins' long history of substance abuse played a role in his actions. You don't say!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I threw an oyster and hit Brent in his fucking butthole now, because I was
2: high. Holy now, shit, dude.
0: I need to determine if this was worth it. Do they say what domain it was?
2: Doitforstate.com, which is apparently a internet meme and popular hashtag that has become popular on the Iowa State University campus. This guy can wow. make a, a fortune with this domain name. I
0: don't know. Well, apparently that's... I
2: don't know.
0: But, I, that doesn't sound like it was worth it.
2: Right, 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 right. Normally you send a strongly worded email, hey, I want this domain, give it to me or else. You know, if you want to be nice, you you try and hey, I really like this domain, would you mind if I buy it from you? You know, one of the two. You'll just go into a disome and fucking pistol whip him and taste (laughs) him. Jesus Christ! (laughs) And,
1: and... You don't have it fucking transferred to an an account you own for fuck's sake. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Like, I hit you in the face, so give me your domain.
2: (laughs) It's mine now. I'm taking it. Nothing
1: about this makes sense.
2: Right. Well, I'm I'm trying
1: it next time. (laughs) Okay. Jthel.com, whoever that guy
2: is. (laughs) You guys have heard of TapLock. It's the smart lock that you can use your phone to open it with. Or your screwdriver. Or a screwdriver, yes. <laughs> Apparently, they're back in the news again. This time, well, let's see now. They Anybody can obtain sensitive information to locate and open a lock simply by pulling information directly from the company's API server. Mm. So not only do you just need a screwdriver, now you can just go to the lock itself, connect to it briefly to get the MAC address. You can now retrieve the lock's last known postal code or postal address, and upgrade it to create an unlock code, which can then be used to locate and open any smart lock. Just a real quick note. It's yes.
0: actually fingerprint-based. It's biometrics-based. It's not smartphone-based, I believe. I think you which one? Which one are you talking about? The tap
2: lock. Well, no, it's, it's Bluetooth, it's I think. Blu- it's Bluetooth. They're talking about Bluetooth here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it may have a fingerprint API. That's yeah. fine.
0: I think that's its primary. And there,
2: it does mention that there's a few... Fi- fi- so, I think it's fingerprint, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, etc., and the, right. all you need is the MAC address, and then you can use that MAC address to then find all this other information out, and oh, then you God. can get a code, and you can unlock the thing. But trust me, guys, it's unlockable. It's unhackable. <laughs> it's not a problem. It's not unless a big deal.
0: All, unless you have a map and or a screwdriver.
2: Right, right, right. But no okay. one would have those things. That's fine. No, nobody. No, nobody. no one would have those why, things. No why, one. Why would anyone have those? No one. I don't have any of those things. <laughs> Why would you have those things? I don't have those things. Guys if I, I don't think, have those, you wouldn't have those. I
0: think I might have a screwdriver that could open it. I, does that make me a criminal? Am I yes. a criminal? You're a
1: oh, you're a hacker. Well Come
2: on.
1: And Peyton's oh. talking to a child. I thought it was talking to a dog. <laughs>
2: Okay, no, that's, that's OE. <laughs> All right. Close this out with this, with this last one. All right, so you guys have used Gentoo before. Yeah, there was a extensively. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So the Gentoo GitHub account mm-hmm. was hacked, and file wiping malware was placed inside the Gentoo Linux code afterwards. Lovely. The attacker is unknown. They temporarily control over the GitHub account. They embedded the malicious code. Thankfully, Mm. however, it failed to trigger properly and files remained safe. We uh, should give a
1: baddie to the person who wrote the malware.
2: (laughs) It took place at 2020 UTC June 28th and only affected the company's GitHub account, not its core infrastructure associated files. Mm -hmm. So if you did download anything from the GitHub account on June 28th or June 29th, Mm. double check it.
0: Yeah. Now they are involved in a cleanup. Last I heard, they you know they were yeah. shutting. They were basically regaining access, and GitHub is yeah. working closely with them
1: for through that. Right. Yeah, so, it does seem like GitHub was pretty sweet in terms of helping them recover their account and shit. I don't think they would be that hardworking if it was and a regular an, user though. There's an article that I think someone from like the Gen 2 security team posted. That was like, oh my god, we're setting the standard for dealing with this type of situation. And I was like, well, yeah. to be fair, like you probably could have just not lost your account in the first place. But right right right, 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 right. Yeah, there's that.
0: But yeah, and they do have a status page up. I haven't checked it recently, but they do run through all of the different, you know, the status reports of it, basically. So we'll See, link to that in the notes. But I'm sure this is all cleaned up by the time we get this yeah. episode out. Yeah. This
1: is why I really like that Arch just does self-hosting, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't have to think about... I mean, yes, it could still get compromised through other ways and means, but, like, Arch's GitHub account is not going to get fucked because it's all on their own CGit shit. Yeah. Yep. So that does
0: definitely have some some benefits. All right. Now, in the spirit of me fucking our website and our entire system infrastructure, we're going to talk about DNS. How does that sound to you guys? I think we should go back to a world where we don't have it. You mean like write down ip addresses for everything yeah it's security that's not J- security that's not security <laughs> that's yeah security. it is like
1: you can't hack it if you don't know where the fuck it is
0: no no nah. well that's not true because you could just throw up like mass can or, or just and map a whole range
2: yeah right yeah what the hell Jathan? you don't know this
1: yeah, you guys are dicks
2: the one? you're a dick <laughs>
1: So anyways we have a yeah.
2: we have a two-year- old joining us here at the desk uh, so if you hear coos and talking yeah, and yeah again yeah. he's he's been you, I've been talking about him but
0: you did, he's actually you sitting did. with me now so yeah you, you mentioned that okay yeah. so
2: sorry so DNS
0: if you're not familiar with what it is it basically serves as a sort of a phone book I guess you could say where you have a certain inner resource you know let's say google.com in a easy to remember format so you could type google.com and as a result it will then in a ideally transparent manner translate the google.com component into an actual machine understandable address an IP address that's all dns at the end of the day that's all it does but there's i mean it it's a pretty complex once you start drilling into it for instance you have two basic functionalities of dns one is authoritative and one is a resolver which usually is a recursing resolver authoritative is how you host your own records for dns so if you buy a if you buy a domain through a registrar you would then populate a dns server somewhere so most most i would say most registrars offer their own you know dns hosting these days their own record hosting but you can also host your own as well. You know, you have a lot of options nowadays. And the purpose of the authoritative is to basically provide a canonical place of where these records can be found. And then root servers through your registrar know to contact that name server for a certain record that they're looking for, that someone has queried. And, you know, it'll either exist or not exist based on that. And then the root servers know what that answer is in the future. Resolvers work a little bit like the the DNS root servers, which are, you know, centrally controlled and are global. You know, you don't have direct access to those. But resolvers function a little bit like those roles, where they basically handle direct client machines queries. And then they will contact root servers or another resolver if needed, if it can't find it in its cache and so on and so forth. It can recurse to multiple servers, basically, if it can't find a, a proper response. So they serve very different things. Most of the time, your issues are going to be on the resolver end, because that's where your most activity happens. So it's important to implement a caching one. Now, Jathan and Peyton, yeah, I know both of you have your own domains. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of them. Probably not open. as much as me, and I'm sure none of us have as much as Taters does <laughs> Taters But a lot. Yeah, that's true. Yes. <laughs> an astounding number of domains, <laughs> but how did you guys set up your domain? What do Run you mean? me through the process you starting from I wanted a domain,
1: okay, well, I really wanted a domain that had the word engorge in it <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> not wrong though. <laughs> That's it's true. So I went to Namecheap and checked if it was available, and I had to think about it a little bit, because this one, you know, was like a vanity domain that was supposed to be funny and, like, fucky. It's a good one. I will, I'm
0: not going to say it on air, but it's
1: a good one. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I haven't updated some stuff in a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the, you can actually so, just check who is, by the way. I would recommend using that, because some registrars, I know this is just an aside, but some registrars will, like, check keep a list of what domains are being queried and then buy them. Oh, yeah, or sell sure. them to, or sell them to squatters. So then you end up having to pay more for a domain.
1: Anyways, keep going. So whatever, right. go to Namecheap. Like, oh, oh, all right, it's available. Seven ninety eight a year. I'm on board with that. Fucking click the big button that says like buy this. You yes. go through some things. You enter some information. You give them some stuff, and then you just like have a domain. I don't know. <laughs>
0: no. No, Jason, there's a fair bit of stuff involved in between you pay for it and you have a domain.
1: Oh, sure. Well, I mean, at that point, I use Linode for most of my infra, so I Mm -hmm. use Linode to manage my
0: DNS. That's the authoritative server, yep.
1: Yeah, so I've got to go to Linode and add it, which they don't really do any kind of crazy verification, but like Google, for example, I think you have to place like a text file in a certain place that's available, blah, blah, blah. So it's like a whole process.
2: Yeah, that's correct.
1: And then, you know... With Linode, they give you an option to add a bunch of default records, which I usually do, and then just remove the ones I don't need. But they take care of, honestly, a majority of pretty sane ones. Mm -hmm. And then you start adding your uh, A and 4A records.
0: Yeah, the single A records are for IPv4, the 4A are for IPv6. IPv6, right. A, 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 yeah. Now, there are a multitude of DNS record types, and including the A and 4A. There's CNAME, which is basically just... I mean, it's like assembling for DNS, more or less, right? Yeah. Right. There is the MX records, which handles mail routing. Mm-hmm. There are text records, which you can use for things like SPF and all DKIM. sorts of things. And DKIM, yeah, and DKIM. And did you know that serve records technically are text records?
1: Yes. Yeah. Which some people don't even designate between the two in terms of, like, different zones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. just have to know that you can make a text record that yeah isn't. Yeah, which is... Yeah.
0: Not ideal, but, you know, whatever. I think there was an RFC draft to, to make it its own record type, but I think it, it got turned down, something like that. Because, like, you know, it's like there's no real benefit to it by making it, it its own record. Own record type, rather. There are... There's a lot of different records. Now, Jathan, have you ever done any stuff with DNSSEC? No. I will admit, I haven't either. And I want to get into it, but I just
1: haven't found the time yet. I mean, I think it's a fucking awesome concept and I would love to employ it. But I honestly, here's the thing. It's like, yes, the only context I've heard of it being used is if you're using like a CDN. Yeah. Basically saying that this content is OK to be served by the CDN on behalf of my domain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I've never heard of another use for it, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, it does fix some core flaws, I guess we could say, in DNS itself. Yeah. As a design. You know, it doesn't fix all of them, but it fixes a good number of, of security issues. And yeah, so I, I, I haven't played around with it too much. So unfortunately, my ability to speak on it is going to be somewhat limited. But it is something I'm interested in getting further into. But there's been some other proposals and, and implementations that attempt to do the same thing. And I can't remember off the top of my head what they are. <laughs> but I'm sure I can put them in the in the show notes if I, if I find them.
1: Yeah, so wait, quick question. Are we yes. at some point also going to talk about concepts like, you know, DNS over HTTP or HTTPS? Yeah, I
0: mean, we can, we can talk well, about that now. i you just waiting mean... for my
2: turn to be able to talk about Yeah, it. yeah,
0: yeah. Go ahead. Go
2: ahead. Okay, all right. you... So, yeah, I really wanted to have a central repository for, like, IRC and things like that. And so I was just like, I'm completely unoriginal when it comes to domain names. And so I was like, you know, what, I'll just take my first name and reverse the way it's spelled. And yes. boom, that was available. Great. So, and then also I discovered that my Twitter handle, uh, P4D3N, was also a valid uh, domain name. And so I grabbed that. And so, you know, now it's just a matter of having those available to me. So, you know, I, I use Linode as well for my, my DNS uh, mm-hmm. for the main handling of that. But I also have Free IP at Home that handles a little bit of that too. And so, yeah, so I'm not like Jathan where I wanted to engorge things. <laughs>
1: Right. I don't want to engorge things. I want to be engorged. Right, right, right. He wants to be engorged. They're different.
2: Engorgio. <laughs> Wait, right. So,
0: Jathan, what are we going to move into here with DNS stuff with the other DNS over HTTPS?
1: I actually, I have no experience with those either. I just know that they're like a thing that people are doing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's I actually- know that you know DNS over HTTPS, obviously can mask your DNS queries from the world at large, but not from the DNS server you're querying.
0: Correct. And you have to use a resolver that supports it, obviously.
1: Right, and at some point, I feel like DNS is always de-anonymizing in a sense.
0: Well, it has to, right? I mean, you have to... I mean, not by default, but same with a web server. Right, you could run a web server without log, or without logging the client IP, but it's still going to be exposed to you.
1: Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, there is always going to be somebody with access to it. So at some point, you have to make a reasonable choice who that person becomes.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it.
1: So if you do DNS over HTTPS, maybe your ISP can't see your DNS queries, but the person who's running the resolver can still see them.
0: Yep. Did you know that Firefox in the next release is planning on including DNS over HTTPS?
1: Yeah, I was just reading that last night. That's why I actually brought
0: it up. Oh, cool yeah so i haven't set it up either but i've played with a few name servers that do support it namely unbound does i don't know if but i think is primarily a resolver not an authoritative source but you know again that's what you need in a resolver anyways to support it now i don't know however if power supports it but i think they do or they're planning on it and there's some other i mean there's a fair number of DNS servers out there, like Bind is probably the number one authoritative software, I would say. But people are, they're moving towards other solutions, because Bind has kind of shown its age, and it's gotten too big, you know? Yeah. And the config syntax is just terrible with Bind. Oh Oh my gosh. It's it's pretty bad. It's terrible. So, yeah, I guess that, so, well, I guess I'll take a quick moment to explain what DNS over HTTPS is. Normally, when you query a resolver, a DNS resolver, it goes either, it just sends a raw packet over either TCP or UDP, depending on your client's configuration and what the resolver supports. Typically, it's UDP, just because it's faster. And it's all plain text. It's very easy to reverse DNS queries if you have the raw packets. I mean, I have a Python script that does it with Scapy for Pete's sake, you know? So it's really not that difficult. Obviously, the problem with that is anyone listening on the wire can see what those are. Your ISP, your fucking coffee shop hotspot owner you know so your unless barista, you're using
2: your naked you're, barista
0: i mean i don't know a barista that's ever you know i i don't want to paint him in a box but i don't think i've ever met a barista that knows what the hell i'm talking about whenever i bring up system <laughs> administration stuff
2: which there could be one. you guys be uh, you guys run your own
1: dns or like what's sure, going
2: maybe. on here i'm <laughs> <laughs> really curious what's your setup like. you know you can just be <laughs> like the scorpion guy you know walk in just, and do the wi-fi for uh, the diner you know
1: does your, uh,
0: does your, is your resolver written in Java?
2: <laughs> Sorry, are, that was bad. That was there, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> there, was,
1: uh, okay. there was actually one time I was flying back to Pennsylvania yes. for a week or whatever. Actually, it might've been before Hope last time. Mm-hmm. And my buddies picked me up and we went to this diner in Quaker town. Mm-hmm. And when we walked in, the lady working there, there's just like one person in the whole place and a cook, I guess. So like two. Yep. And she was like, yeah, the wi fi has been real fucky today. She's like. Because we were asking her if they had Wi-Fi and what the password was. And so I was like, oh, you know, where's your router at? I'll take a look. And I ended up just <laughs> like just unplugging it and plugging it back in. But it started working, and she was really happy.
2: <laughs> wow, j
1: Lovely. Wow. Text support Anyways,
0: But, I mean, to be fair, I don't want to paint Starbucks people. Not Starbucks. Baristas in general. Baristas in general? Yeah, no. just don't use
1: Wi-Fi at Starbucks. I, We've all I learned don't... that.
0: Well, right, but I don't want to paint them in a box, because I'm, they know a lot of stuff about coffee that I have no fucking clue about, you know? Yeah. Everybody has their own stuff that they know, because they need to know it. Whatever, no big deal. But, I think it's very rare that you'd find a barista that knows what you'd be talking about. Anyways. Anyways. Why did I bring that up? Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so normal DNS queries, anybody can see them on the wire, you know? Well, right, I mean... You can even do ARP spoofing, and there's a lot of nastiness you can do with that, and it gets a lot of intel with DNS over HTTPS it's a newer proposal i don't even think it's I i don't think it's an rfc draft yet maybe I'll, I'll look into it i'll link to it whatever if i find it it essentially just sends your queries over https which is end to end encrypted but i can't help but wonder why https i feel like you could implement that in its own new protocol you know like it's pretty important to have a really slim protocol for dns because it's you're doing a lot of queries you know unless you're running a local caching resolver on your machine itself so i don't know i have questions basically about that
2: you should detail those questions and then sit
0: well i i kind of just did <laughs> but like yeah like i don't know i feel like any sort of general implementation or speculation or whatever is already kind of codified and i feel like it'd be too late to be like hey just write your own protocol you know well,
1: whatever. I we mean, should ra- remake DNS.
0: No, no. That's, Let's that's, fork that's, DNS. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that because that's a very bad idea. It's a very complex thing, and it's very hard to understand it in general from a secure view. And it's
1: well, I'm not a barista. You're
2: right, a barista.
0: Well, I'm not either, J-Thon, But trust me, DNS is very huge and complex now because of all the things we've tacked onto it, like email. And you really don't want to be fucking around with it. So rewriting it is probably out of the question at this point. I feel like you had another question, Jason, about DNS over HTTPS. I
1: don't think so. Other than... No, I don't think so. Why HTTPS as a means for secure communication and not something else, though?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Is it because HTTPS is
1: just the most lightweight option?
0: No. HTTPS is really not all that lightweight.
1: Well, it's more lightweight than SSH.
0: If I... Well, yeah, but SSH is, you know, you've got two ends authenticating and authorizing and encrypting. So... You know, it's, it, they serve different things. HTTPS is mostly one way. Now, the if it was up to me, if I was making the proposal, I would say like just come up with your own custom encrypted
1: protocol. So like DNSS. Yeah. yeah. Or SDNS. SDNS. You could yeah, do, exactly. you can
2: do S, STD. <laughs> what would... I don't know. The, okay. I was it's trying sick- to call it something funny, and I just couldn't... Uh... I was gonna do.
0: uh, You just wanted to make an STD joke. Yeah, I did, really. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Got it. (laughs) All right. Sorry, man. Sorry. So, anyways, I'm gonna move a little bit onwards. Jathan, have you ever set up a glue record or Payton? Have you ever set up a glue record for your? No. Do you know what a glue record is? No. I don't believe I know either. Okay. Okay.
1: For sake, I've got to go kill a cat. Be right back.
0: (laughs) Well, Jathan commits. What does that be? aside or something? Well, he kills a cat. Glue records are if you ever who is a domain, uh-huh. and for the names it'll show the name servers, the authoritative name servers, the name servers that the root servers use. Sometimes you'll see a name server with the same domain that the domain you're querying the whois record for, right? And normally right. you think like, well, how, how? Because that'd be recursive, right? How can the how can right. the root name server look up the record for ns1.foo.com? to find out the records for foo.com if it doesn't know you know like uh-huh. it's a chicken egg problem right so what glue records allow you to do is you can specify a name server IP with a registrar and they in turn will populate the name server how to resolve that name server through records you set up at that name server IP so in other words you can set like okay ns1.foo.com is 1.1.1.1 right Right. The registrar would then say, okay, so, hey, root servers, DNS root servers, if you're trying to get to ns1.foo.com, you can instead hit 1.1.1.1. And then once it's able to do that, once the root servers say, okay, I, so I'm I'm keeping a note here, 1.1.1.1 is where I should look for all the other records. It then looks there, and then from there it can find that, okay, yes, ns1.foo.com is 1.1.1.1 per 1.1.1.1." And then, you know, www.foo.com is 1.2.1. You know, so on and so forth. But it's basically, Glue Records are a way of bootstrapping name servers that use their own domain. Does that make sense to everyone? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So that, by the way, is why it's taking so long to propagate sysadministerview.com. Because I have Glue Records set up, and they take a little bit extra time to propagate if you fuck your DNS as I have so
2: it's all right man it's
0: okay yeah no it's I'm not Not bummed out about it ha- shit happens and i just hate that it happened because of a billing thing but eh, whatever you know. i would feel ironically i would feel better if it was a mistake i made with the dns it is a mistake you made no it's a mistake i made with payment <laughs> not the actual implementation
1: <laughs> Thon. you're a goddamn cop out of a it's not
0: a cop out. They're totally <laughs> different things. If I'm in I was a company. On. No, if I I'm was a, a company. Sh- I shut Next the fuck I up and you. listen. Shut <laughs> the fuck up and listen. If I was a company, if my individual self was a company, oh. this would have been an error with the billing department, not the operations department.
1: Do you understand? Yes. I can't hear you in my pantyhose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I hate you all so much. <laughs> you don't even though. You
0: I, still come back every other week. I to still do this. come back for some foolish reason. Okay. <laughs> foolish. So that is that is how I fucked us over. Now I'm going to spend maybe at tops five more minutes talking about DNS, but okay. it's a huge huge topic and we
1: do not have time to cover it in yeah. any sort of extensive maybe detail. Maybe we should make it like a series. Like next episode we'll talk about DNS management tools.
2: Yeah, I'm okay with that. We could. We could, although
1: we're getting into hope territory, so maybe it should wait till like August or September. Now that's right. We will be
0: at hope. I'm leaving the nineteenth. You're on the nineteenth. I'm flying in on the nineteenth. Yeah. Wait, you're flying. So okay, you're flying into New York then. To JFK. Yeah. Okay. We
2: need to. We'll talk offline about when and where, when and how you're leaving. And uh...
0: yeah, we'll 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 talk about that later. But I, all three of us plan on being at hope. So unless we're hit by a bus or uh, you know anything else, get hit by a bus. Excuse you. I'm talking about me. Well, I know, but you need to keep that in check. <laughs> yeah, so we... <laughs> Jason, Jesus. So... As
2: much as we want it to happen,
1: you know.
0: R- well, I don't want it to happen.
2: <laughs> oh
1: go my ahead. god, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, I
2: hope you don't die. That's super nice. I think he's so. saying... He- that he hopes he doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Right. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> so I believe this episode should be out by the time we're at Hope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And does. It comes out. I hope you bump into us and come up with us. And you the hope, winner. You see us at Hope. Yeah. I, I hope you see us at Hope. Exactly. And I hope that the guy. I'm overusing the word Hope now. And I hope that the guy <laughs> that who won the Hope tickets. I emailed them to you. I hope you got them. Check your email. Please. It's sent. I gave the guys their tickets. So you should have received your ticket. And if you haven't, please contact me ASAP so I can get that to you. Yeah, so other than that, to close out this DNS thing, yeah, we could do a series. I'd be interested in getting listener feedback on that. Because, like, you know, if you drag a topic on too long, it can get kind of dull. But, yeah, I will be providing a list of RFCs that you should read to get up to speed on DNS. And, yeah, I know they're RFCs, so they're a little bit dry and bland and whatever. But it's totally worth it. And there's a lot of them because, as I said, again, DNS is super complex. So it's important to know everything about it that you can if you're going to be implementing it yourself. But it's, I mean, at least it's not email, right? <laughs> so Okay,
1: it's right. probably, email wasn't that bad, dude. No.
0: From, I don't know, email covers a lot of different technologies, right? You've got to worry about your DNS. You've got to worry about routing. You've got to worry about SSL or TLS. you got to worry about, like, a lot of different technologies with email. With DNS, it's more or less... Understanding the basics, finding yourself a name server you can host your records on, and then constructing the records appropriately, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: But there are some gotchas. Like, you can't make an MX record point to a C name. It has to point to an A or A-A-A-A. 4A, I guess I'll say. Because it sounds like I'm just stuttering with (laughs) that. So, yeah, you have to have an MX point to an A record or a 4A. It can't be a C name. So, and that's stuff you learn by reading the RFCs. It's yeah. also stuff you learn by doing,
1: right? By doing, sure. Yeah. Like, exactly. I mean, I actually learned a fair bit about text records when I was setting up email. Yeah, because there's a lot of them involved for DKIM and SPF. Well, not a lot. There's, there's one a precisely
0: piece. Uh, two plus n, where n is is the number of oh yeah, it depends on your mail host and everything of else. DKIM domains, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Sure. Anyways, so I think we've gone into detail as much as we can on DNS, given our time limits currently and the complexity of the topic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to learn more about with DNS, please get in touch with us. You can sysadministravia.com slash contact. Which doesn't work right now. It'll work (laughs) by the time the episode's released. It's okay. Hopefully. It will. It will. If 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 it
2: doesn't work, yell at Brent.
1: The other thing, I'd be really interested if anyone has feedback about our GitLab versus GitT versus Gog's episode. Yes. Because that was like more of a hands-on episode than we've had in a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I if agree. you want to...
1: But if that's like a good thing, then, you know, we're talking for about certain. DNS. Like, I think pretty reasonably we could both set up, or all three of us could set up, like, DNS mask and then DHCPD as well. And yes. compare and contrast those experiences. And oh, I think, for DHCP? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a clear winner in my mind for which one of those is a better... Process. Well,
0: I would say it all a lot of that depends on your implementation environment. Right. But yes, nine I mean, times out of ten I think I have a winner too. Yeah. But I have used both, so Okay. I've used DNS mask a lot. It not, looks like not it's
2: not propagating TPC, by the way. Yeah. I just checked and one of my computers doesn't have a host file edited and it's definitely connecting at this
0: point. Good. So. Good. So good it's now. it's making its way around, yeah. Uh, it'll yep. probably be another hour or two, up to another two yeah. days. Whatever. All right. Jathan,
1: would you like to talk about the baddie, please? Oh, boy. Come on, Jay-thon. Would I Rich ever. So, so, has sure. anybody here ever heard of BetVictor, which is a, a betting site?
2: I haven't, but I, I don't, don't do approve betting. approve of gambling. Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's not what I asked. Well... Anyway,
1: that's
0: not true. Being from Texas, (laughs) it is a
1: very popular betting platform where you can bet on a variety of events happening in the world. And blah blah blah, whatever the fuck, right? Who cares? Mm -hmm. At some point, somebody on their internal team published a list of passwords for internal systems on its public website. It was about two pages and it has since been removed, but somebody named Chris Hogben found the document through the customer support search box. So it wasn't just there, it was indexed.
2: So he went on the site, he went to the support site of of their website, and he typed in a question and this popped up?
1: He was looking for, I, I don't know, it doesn't say here what his query was, but essentially something popped up that was a document called login links to back offices internal. And he oh just clicked God. on it when it popped up, and sure oh as shit, God. it was like a two-page document of passwords for internal systems. And most of them, most of them were externally accessible when he checked. No! No! Oh. So, he did not go on to check the credentials to see if they worked, <laughs> well, because yeah, he didn't want to break any laws. Right, that's it right. That was a
2: violation of law, so the law. But the
1: document itself dated with passwords back to 2015. What? Oh, my He did God. also blog about it, Hogbin.
2: Are you kidding me, Jay?
1: So, we could probably... No, I'm not... No jokes, man. <laughs> and so, apparently, with access to any of the systems that were in the document, it may be possible to access sensitive company information and potentially even user-specific data. Yeah, no kidding. He did, I applaud him for this, he did find Scott Helm, who's a security researcher, to help responsibly disclose the security breach. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Which more people should do. If you don't do that, you're a fucking asshole.
2: Right. Yeah. So I just have to say, there's a hack in a betting company. What are the odds? (laughs) Get out.
1: You're fired. (laughs) I'm I'm muting for the rest of the
0: episode. What a fucking asshole.
2: That was so bad.
0: And yet I'm laughing. Oh gosh, that is—that's how you know Peyton's dead. Yeah. So, so Bet Vector is—you get a baddie.
2: Man. Don't be Fuck doing that dirty gambling. You're gonna go to hell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't. Oh well, <laughs> Peyton. If anyone from Bet Victor's yes, listening, sir. what's up? <laughs> I feel like you have absolutely bet multiple times. I have heart.
2: not actually. Texas really does not have Texas does not out gambling. You have to drive thought, across the river in Oklahoma to bat- it's in Nevada
1: yeah. or Nevada, yeah. So oh, apparently, also a lot of this is oxygen. not entirely relevant to the Batty, but at, the I'm Louisiana. reading an article on ZDNet. Yeah, yeah. And they now have a thing at the bottom that says if you have a tip, you can send them securely over Signal and WhatsApp, and they provide a number.
2: But which WhatsApp isn't secure. Yeah, me. I was going
1: to say don't yeah. use WhatsApp, but you and can even also send, Signal has some problems. Some your signal and they also concerns. Do they have a sig- is Signal problematic? A little bit, yeah. So, do we not use it at Hope anymore?
2: No, it should be fine. As long as you don't use I mean, the, the, we're not... the desktop app, you're fine. Oh. No, no,
1: definitely don't <laughs> use the desktop app.
0: But no, I mean, like the, the whole point of it being like centralized and shit like that.
1: Yeah, do you guys need. Never mind. I'll ask later. Whatever. Okay. You can also send a PGP email and they give their fingerprint. So, that's pretty well, there you interesting. Go. Mm, yeah, there good. you go. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, that's great. Fuck that you, good. bet
1: Victor, you dumbasses. Was, that was <laughs> great. That was absolutely.
2: <laughs>
0: that bad. was a little hostile. I'm sorry. No, Freak but that's still, you, you don't bet, Victor. Be, you don't have to be. It's pretty bad. Oh, uh, all that's right. Well, this terrible. is. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. This has been System Administrivia. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan, and I'm
2: Polo. <laughs> See
0: you around.